must have been highly unpleasing. But in Mrs. Dashwood's mind there was a sense of honour so keen, a generosity so romantic, that any offence of the kind was to her a source of immovable disgust. Mrs. John Dashwood had never been a favourite with any of her husband's family, but she had had no opportunity till the present of showing them with how little attention to the comfort of other people she could act when the occasion required it. So acutely did Mrs. Dashwood feel this ungracious behaviour, and so earnestly did she despise her daughter-in-law for it, that she would have quitted the house for ever had not the entreaty of her eldest girl and her own love for all her three children determined her to stay and avoid a breach with their brother. Eleanor, the eldest daughter, possessed a strength of understanding and coolness of judgment which qualified her, though only nineteen, to be the counsellor of her mother. She had an excellent heart, her disposition was affectionate, and her feelings were strong. But she knew how to govern them. It was a knowledge which her mother had yet to learn, and which one of her sisters had resolved never to be taught. Marianne's abilities were, in many respects, quite equal to Eleanor's. She was sensible and clever, but eager in everything. Her sorrows, her joys, could have no moderation. She was generous, amiable, interesting. She was everything but prudent. The resemblance between her and her mother was strikingly great. Eleanor saw with concern the excess of her sister's sensibility, but with Mrs. Dashwood it was valued and cherished. They encouraged each other now in the violence of their affliction. The agony of grief which overpowered them at first was voluntarily renewed, was sought for, was created again and again. They gave themselves up wholly to their sorrow and resolved against ever admitting consolation in future. Eleanor, too, was deeply afflicted, but still she could struggle, she could exert herself. She could consult with her brother, could receive her sister-in-law on her arrival, and strive to rouse her mother to similar exertion. Margaret, the other sister, was a good-humoured, well-disposed girl, but as she had already imbibed a good deal of Marianne's romance without having much of her sense, she did not at thirteen bid fair to equal her sisters at a more advanced period of life. Mrs. John Dashwood now installed herself mistress of Norland, and her mother and sisters-in-law were degraded to the condition of visitors. As such, however, they were treated by her with quiet civility, and by her husband with as much kindness as he could feel towards anybody beyond himself, his wife, and their child. He really pressed them to consider Norland as their home. No plan appeared so eligible to Mrs. Dashwood as remaining there till she could accommodate herself with a house in the neighbourhood. Mrs. John Dashwood did not approve of what her husband intended to do for his sisters. To take three thousand pounds from the fortune of their dear little boy would be impoverishing him to the most dreadful degree. She begged him to think again on the subject. How could he answer to himself to rob his child, and his only child too, of so large a sum? And what possible claim could the Miss Dashwoods, who were related to him only by half-blood, which she considered as no relationship at all, have on his generosity to so large an amount. It was very well known that no affection was ever supposed to exist between the children of any man by different marriages, and why was he to ruin himself and their poor little Harry by giving away all his money to his half-sisters? It was my father's last request to me, replied her husband, that I should assist his widow and daughters. He did not know what he was talking of, I dare say, ten to one, but he was light-headed at the time. 
Had he been in his right senses, he could not have thought of such a thing as begging you to give away half your fortune from your own child. If he did not stipulate any sum, my dear Fanny, he only requested me in general terms to assist them and make their situation more comfortable than it was in his power to do. As he required the promise, I could not do less than give it. At least I thought so at the time. Something must be done for them whenever they leave Norland and settle in a new home. Well, then let something be done for them, but that something need not be three thousand pounds. When the money is once parted with, it never can return. Your sisters will marry, and it will be gone forever. If indeed it could ever be restored to our poor little boy. Why, to be sure, said her husband very gravely, that would make a great difference. The time may yet come when Harry will regret that so large a sum was parted with. If he should have a numerous family, it would be a very...